0: and welcome to Holding Fast. Wonderful to have you today. How is your anchor holding? Is it gripped to the Word of God? Therein contains the promises and the wonderful joy of truth and how you can know God better. I've been reading recently in uh, my New Testament, of course, as reading through the Bible in the year. and been doing some preparation, because as many of you know, it's about this time of the year when our thoughts start gearing up towards a celebration of the resurrection of the Lord. Uh, for most of you, you may may or may not be aware that it was not Christmas that was the highlight of the calendar for the Christian people uh, down through the centuries. Matter of fact, Christmas was not celebrated at all in the early years. Of of the church it was actually the resurrection the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and this time of year that we are now in we're gearing up and preparing for that wonderful celebration that that central event in the redemption of humanity that just excites us so much it's the good news in a lost and dying world that is in its rebellion, trying to to uh, rage against God. And yet, the whole time, God is standing there with great love and compassion and care for them. And so today, as I've meditated on the Word of God and uh, given some thought to it, I thought I would just pause and give us a passage of Scripture that was a, a reminder to me and also a time of celebration. And I've read a number of commentaries on this, and I don't want to claim originality, but I do think that there are some thoughts here that God has given to me that I'd like to share with you. Reading recently in the the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, and we read about uh, that, that uh, moment in the human history that was... Uh, so key in what's going on even in the human race as I speak. I have been reading through the Gospels and been getting a, a viewpoint, once again, a fresh reminder of that important moment in the history of humanity in uh, the New Testament as well. Now, let me stop here. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you're familiar with that miraculous moment, when the great curtain of the temple was torn in two. Do you remember that? The Bible tells us that at the crucifixion of our Lord, this miraculous event happened. At the very moment that our Lord breathed his last breath, the curtain was literally ripped stitch by stitch. And not only was it ripped apart, but it was literally, the Bible tells us, ripped from top to bottom by the hand of God, rather than, as one man said, from the bottom by the hand of man, from the bottom to the top. There's a lot of significance in the Bible pointing that out. There's even greater significance if you just pause for a moment to consider one often overlooked detail about that curtain. And I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But again, you have to go back to the book of Genesis that I referenced at the beginning. And in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24, the Bible says that following the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden, following their rebellion and disobedience to the one command of God that he had given to them, there was a curse that came on humanity as a result now, from now on, from that moment on, that all of humanity would be divided up into, uh, would be, not divided, but uh, would be hostile to God, would be antagonistic to him, that would be in rebellion and brokenness. And there was a curse that was put on humanity as a result of that. And so the Bible says in verse 24 of Genesis 3, So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubim, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Um, This is a passage of scripture that tells us that God literally drove out the man and the woman from the garden and at the east of the garden of eden he put these angelic beings with a flaming sword that turned every way back and forth they were fierce angelic warriors they were had ferocious swords and they stood between humanity and god to serve as a warning and as an object lesson uh, the way is shot, essentially, is what they were saying. Uh, the, mankind, humanity, can no longer be where God is because of their sin. You can no longer walk in his presence in the cool of the garden. Uh, you no longer will experience him as that source of life that's very intimate and close. You would literally die, live out your days alone and die and return from the dust from which you were taken. That was the message that God was given to Adam and Eve and their descendants. Now let's fast forward through our Bible. We advance in time and we come, of course, to that great act of deliverance by our Father in heaven where he brought the children of Israel out from slavery in Egypt. And we will recall from the book of Exodus and Numbers that he brought them through the wilderness. God gave to Moses the instruction on how to build a tabernacle and even later on the temple. And we understand that it's interesting Even woven into the curtain itself that separated common people from the presence of God, there is this curtain that was there, this thick, heavy curtain that had embroidered on it this cherubim that represented that the way to God was still guarded. It was still shut off. It was still blocked off. God had chosen to put his presence there in that holy of holies. Uh, but he would dwell among his people, but there would always seem to be this blockage that was there. Um, The most holy place was blocked off by that that curtain, a blood-covered colored veil, and stitched on was that cherubim. Only the high priest would be allowed to go into that curtain. And then it was only, according to Leviticus chapter 16, just once a year to give the atoning uh, sacrifice of the blood before God. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt in our minds or in the minds of those Israelites that were there that this was a reminder that we are closed off to the way Into God's presence. Closed. There's a barrier there. It's guarded by cherubim. It had to be a part of their minds. But there also had to be a question in their hearts as well Will there ever be a way to God that can be opened again? Well, for all the thousands of years from Eden, from the garden, and to the cross. Of The cherubim, those warrior angelic beings, carried out this mission from God. And for all those years, they served as a reminder of this state of warfare, this state of antagonism between God and humanity. For all those years, they stood guard between God's holiness and man's impurity. But then we are reminded that the Bible, as we read through history and in the scripture, that at last there was a man that came and his name was Jesus He was taken to a cross that was not very far from that curtain that hung in that temple. And he was nailed to the cross. He took on the wrath of God on himself. And then the moment, the very moment, the Bible tells us that his heart stopped beating and he breathed out his last, that curtain, that blood-colored veil was ripped in two all the way from top to bottom. Uh, And it was, of course, not only the curtain that was being torn apart, it was the cherubim. It was the angelic guardians. For the first time since Eden, the cherubim were relieved of their duty. And they too were torn out of the way, uh, showing that it was no longer necessary to guard the way to God. The way was now open. And I wonder, I've often wondered, if it was not the angelic host that cheered the loudest, the cherubim. The Bible does tell us that the angels desire to look into the way of salvation that God has provided because it fascinates them. They who dwell in the presence of God for all of eternity. Now look into this marvelous act of the living God that he's done on our behalf. And if you pause and you look closely at the scripture, you will see that there is still something. There is still someone that's between God and man, but it's no longer an angel. It's, it's a human being who is God in the flesh. And what I love about it is, is that he's not standing there with a threatening sword, warning you away, but he's inviting you to come. It's Christ, the God-man. He's saying in Matthew 11 and verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. Learn, I am gentle and lowly, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The way is open today. Uh, I never like to go very long in these podcasts without giving you this great invitation. The way is open to Christ, open through Christ to the Father today. It's open to all who will come Scripture tells us in Romans 10, whosoever will may come. There doesn't have to be this antagonism and this wall and this unbreachable obstacle between you and your creator, the living God today. He now has removed the angelic warrior and he has replaced it with his son who invites you to come today and trust in him. Have you done so? I don't know who you are listening to this podcast right now. But I challenge you today, life doesn't make sense and it's not worth living unless you come through the living Lord Jesus Christ. Humble yourself before Him. Confess your sins and acknowledge Him as Lord. God bless. I'm praying for you today. Walk with Jesus.